Welcome to the Relentless Podcast. And today we have a very special guest, an Olympian, a strength coach, a father, an all-round legend, Ryan Gambin. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well, man. Very, very good at intros. Welcome to the studio and welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks. Good to be here. Absolutely. Bro, I've been wanting to interview you for ages because... I first heard about you multiple times. And you know, usually if you're hearing about someone, it's always consistent mm. from multiple different sort of people and uh, and streams. You start to get a little bit curious and interested. And uh, and that's what happened with you when I came up to the Goldie. You know, yeah. so many people are like, you've got to meet Ryan, man. He's an absolute <laughs> legend. He's, you know, he knows his staff. He, you know, he's, he's crucial in the industry up here. And all these amazing things. And then, obviously, I reached out to you. We had a chat. We got to meet. And, dude, I was blown away. I was blown away by, number one, just how humble you really are. <laughs> and uh, and you've done so much. And it's inspiring. And I want to bring that knowledge and that inspiration and the mentality to my audience. So, again, thank you for joining me, dude. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Um, done a few podcasts now. Mm. Um, all have their different kind of vibe and, and – um, sort of the way they direct things so this is cool to be with you and see what you do um you know mutual respect got a lot of respect for yourself uh looking forward to working with you always knew we would um as soon as our mutual friend sam kind of same sort of thing started filling me in with you and what you're about i'm like okay yeah this guy we might work together in the future and then Mm. we caught up and here we are exactly right the ideas were popping yeah well look enough about me i'd love to talk about me but let's talk about you let's talk about the man cool you have done some incredible things and i just want to give everyone a bit of a an idea of where you've come from how you started and i guess the mentality that's taken you to those heights and, mm. and to where you are right now where did your athletic sort of journey start for you mate early mm. um quite early um i in a way, I guess it was just all I knew. So yeah, yeah. Um, literally thrown into the pool at mm. a very young age by my mother. Yeah. <laughs> Bless her. Um, too much energy as a child. Yeah. Too many naughty got up to too much mischief. And swimming was just that real easy way to just mm. burn energy before and after school. So mm. that's how that started, just being a mi- mischievous child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting. And I mean, you, you're a beast. You're a nat- nat- natural rather, athlete, right? You could do so many sports that um that i'm sure you'd excel at was it was swimming like a passion for you or did you we like now i want to be a basketballer good, yeah. i want to be good a wrestler. question man really good question mm. some people forget to ask that question because mm. i was a swimmer and and that was my whole childhood life leading into early adulthood yeah um and now that you ask that question i don't know mm. i i don't think i did i don't think i actually enjoyed yeah. swimming i enjoyed being good at something Um, and I just channeled the energy that I had into that sport and Mm. took it as far as I could because what else are you going to do growing up as a child with with a supportive family and to be honest that's something that I realize now like only very recently as an adult and as a father myself Mm. the dedication that it took on my family's behalf to allow me to follow my gene Mm. my dreams Mm. Um, so I definitely, as I get older, I definitely credit my parents more and more for my success as an athlete. Yeah, yeah, so true. And so you've done a lot in your career, but let's just fast forward a sec to the Olympics. I mean, you're Olympian. This is a dream for people. People, like it's huge. Let's not, let's not, you know, it's a big deal. Let's just put it that way. Now, how long did it take you to get to that stage? Uh uh well i was 24 i was 24 when i competed at the olympics um i'm sure you know i've got 
uh, a bit of a unique like Olympic story mm. when it comes to um, my Australian swimming career. Mm. Um, and I actually transitioned. I'm half Maltese. Yeah. So I transitioned over and I ended up swimming for Malta yes. at the Olympics because they had never had um, an athlete uh, qualify for the Olympic Games. Wow. So it was a chance for both of us, kind of myself in the mm. country of Malta, we like to create history. Wow. Um, and I had some problems, which I'm sure we'll get into through my, my, um, the way I was being coached. Mm. Um, I didn't believe I was being coached efficiently for my event. Yeah. Um, and swimmers can sometimes be a little notorious for that, for just what I realized I was doing these days is I was training to get better at training. Mm. It was almost like we forgot about my event. Mm. So these days, that's why I'm very passionate about what I do as a strength coach and the advice I give, mm. because I do know the the advice I give sends people down a path. Yeah. And that path is either an efficient pathway to their goals, mm. or it could be a pathway towards uh, injury or yeah. you know, loss of a career or something like that. So yeah. I always come back to practice your event. Do what's good for your event. Never forget what your event is. Don't mm. get caught up in training. Mm. And uh, every sport that I've dealt with has that to an element, to a degree. Yeah, wow, wow. So you created history with Malta, which is incredible. So was it a 12-year goal or however long it was? Was it that how oh, long you had your your eyes on that My prize? eyes were, were set on the Olympics since I was swimming as a child. Mm. Um, I was pretty fortunate through my primary school in, uh, my teacher, uh, or one of my, my the teachers that I was fondest of mm. was actually Chris Feidler's mother. And... Chris Feidler was just uh, an incredible Australian Olympian. Um, uh, I'm positive he was the captain of the Olympic swimming team for many, many years. He was part of the relay that just had their 20-year anniversary. Mm. One of my best friends to this day, Ashley Callis, mm. uh, Michael Klim, Ian Thorpe, and then Chris Feidler were involved in this race. So Chris Feidler's mother was a teacher at my school, mm. um, and I credit her to a lot of my success too because she was always there to encourage me, and I kind of went through the ranks – um, a good say must have been a good seven to ten years uh, earlier uh, after Chris went through the ranks mm. and he was a locally renowned swimmer breaking all the records mm. so it was always my goal to break his records mm. and he was quite supportive of that as well mm. I, I still remember being in primary school and Chris uh, wrote me a handwritten letter mm. and uh, on how to break his 200 meter freestyle record yeah wow. and I really think that was kind of you know, one of, the, one of the major things that influenced me going, yeah, okay, I'm pretty good at this sport. I mm. want to take it as far as I can. Yeah, that's incredible. Are you naturally super competitive? <sighs> yeah. 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 I am, but I, I don't make much noise about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I'm kind of like super competitive, but I'm like, okay, I've got my eyes on you. Yeah. I'm going to go away and do the work yeah, yeah, and then yeah, see yeah. what I come back with. Yeah, nice. That's kind of how I work. Yeah. So, I mean, you've surrounded yourself with A-grade, best of the best, world-class athletes. Do you feel like that competitive mentality is just a, a common thread bet between all of these guys that, you know, make it to the top? That sort of um, – that beast mode competitive nature. I would – I I might say no. Mm, I might I might say no. I wouldn't say that it's something that I see regularly in the top guys. Not everyone is super competitive. Mm. Some people are just good. Mm. You know, um, some people are just extremely good and talented and, and those guys aren't necessarily the most competitive people. They're just good. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's the competitiveness that raises the the bar for the mm. people like like myself. I wasn't the most gifted athlete, mm. but I knew what I wanted and I knew how to get it and I knew the work involved to get that. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm a worker. So I like yeah. getting behind the scenes, being a bit quiet, doing the hard, dirty work mm. and then showing everyone what I got. Yeah, so interesting. So would you say that you're more hard work than talent? Like, you know, absolutely. The, the, yeah, yeah absolutely. the double coin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Look, man, let's talk about the Olympics and getting to that stage because obviously a huge goal yeah. and, uh, and it's mind-blowing for a lot of people. Now, when you get to that day, you've been working hard for years, mm. years and years, but then, of course, potentially those last few months are just super intense. Yeah. I just want to talk about the mindset going into that. You know, you are an animal, you are a beast. If anyone's watching your, your videos, you train hard <laughs> and probably most civilians are scared of you walking past you in the street. But we're all human, right? Yeah. And when you go into something like this, not only are you competing against others, but more importantly, you're competing against yourself. You, I, I think you expose the darker sides of yourself or the more vulnerable sides. Yeah, I like that. Let's talk about that. Let's, yeah. like, let's put on the table. What did you feel and what sort of demons were you battling going into this game? I love competition. The demons that I find, um, I find demons in competition, mm. in people uh, perhaps that have said something or I love proving people wrong. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a thing of mine that people close to me know I like training from a dark place. Mm -hmm. um, I don't necessarily need to make a lot of noise about it. Mm -hmm. You know, this day and age, you know, social media um, demands that that we do make a lot of noise about mm -hmm. it and, and I have to be on board with that, mm. particularly with my business. Mm. Um, I kind of wish, you know, I could just shut up, work in the shadows and then, you know, compete and, mm. and, and get into it. So um, back in the day with swimming, I remember, God damn, I remember um, two guys, kind of three guys, mm. and they were the talented kids. I'm, ta I'm, I'm seriously talking like seven years old. Yeah. Um, and it was, it's just funny that even back then, I knew, I always knew I was going to beat them. It was just a matter of time yeah. because I had the work ethic. Mm. Um, and it was my work ethic that kind of made things go a little bit undone towards mm. the end as, mm. I, as I was aging as a swimmer and becoming more mature and I should have been basically dialing back what I was doing and just practicing sprinting because I was a sprinter. Mm. Mm. But my work ethic kind of... The, the coaches that had me would generally try and push me to my limits. Mm. And that ended up being more like sort of 400 meter freestyle style training yeah. rather than just focusing on my sprinting events. Mm. But mindset wise to get back to your question, sorry. Um, I, I like it coming from a dark place. I like picturing those people mm. that are a little bit better than me and knowing I'm going to get you. Yeah. hundred percent. We, did you have fears that you were dealing with? Were you, were there like insecurities or moments where you're like, I just don't know if I'm up for the task or I don't know if I can do it. Like what are, what are some of the, the more vulnerable places that you went on the road to the Olympics? Well, it's funny, man, because those athlete or at least myself as an athlete now, and as a 35 year old mm. man now, mm. I look at myself back then and the stuff that I was dealing with them is so minuscule. Like mm. It's childish, you know, mm. like thinking, you know, like I used to think I was going to be a swimmer and that was my life. Yeah. You know, I'm going to make the Olympics and become super famous and then mm. just ride the coattails of that. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm a grown man now. I'm a father. Mm. I run a business, you mm. know, I've got a partner. Mm. Um, like 
the stuff that I deal with this day and age, just as an adult, mm. um, seems to be a lot more overwhelming mm. than the times when I was living in Malta by myself for mm. a year, mm. not even speaking the, the national language, riding my push bike to the pool, yeah. swimming up and down four to six K a day, yeah. doing my gym work, riding home, riding to the supermarkets, getting mm. my food, studying online, riding back to the gym in the afternoon, doing another pool session. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, that was the easy part. Mm. Being an adult these days, is, is the hard part and, yeah. and managing relationships and business mm. and, and just every day-to-day -day stuff. Yes. Um, that's the kind of emotional stuff that I don't really have that many tools mm -hmm. to deal with. I wish mm. I could go back just into the swimming days and it just all be about the pool or just all be about my training in yeah, the gym. Yeah. I yeah. wish I could just be a uh, professional athlete again. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So would you say that on that journey then you, you were pretty much dialed in in the zone and you weren't really maybe giving those fears and insecurities a vote. You just you were blocking that shit yeah, out you, and yeah, you were just, you just on. You just hit it on the head. I was so dialed in, so mm. focused, nothing else mattered. Wow, I, I was training that. for the Olympics. Mm. Um, you know, money didn't matter, you know, mm. uh, not that I was financially well off or anything. Mm. It's just that it didn't matter. Yeah. You know, like my, my goal mattered. Swimming kept me company. My mm. goals kept me company. And I was out to do something quite unique. Yeah. I was coaching myself. So I had to take a step back as a 22-year-old athlete, mm. um, basically learn how to coach and perform at the same time. Yeah, wow. Um, so I think that's a skill that, that I can pass on to my current athletes and, and members and just general fitness people. Yeah. I know what it takes from both sides. I know mm. what it takes to be a coach to coach um, an athlete to a, to a, a world level event mm. and i know what it's like to be an athlete and yeah. make it to a world level event yeah absolutely let's dive into that a little bit tell us about the coaching journey you you mentioned just before that you know you you weren't that happy with the the coaching at the time and mm. then you've just mentioned you coached yourself on that journey which is super unique tell, tell us about some of those ups and downs with the coaching element so yeah i mean i i'd, I'd had a few frustrations with coaches in the mm. past um, okay, so my, my story is mm. I was nationally renowned for dying in the last 25 metres mm. of a 100-metre race. Yeah. I would regularly go out in the first 50 metres, not, mm. not even trying that hard, mm. just had that natural speed and ability. Mm. I'd hit the wall um, at the 50-metre mark mm. and I, could, I would regularly be under world record pace, come off the wall, do my underwater work, break out, start swimming, and then just it would hit me. Mm -hmm. So if you know much about sports performance, you would know that I didn't, I, I wasn't fit enough, mm -hmm. sorry, mm -hmm. wasn't fit enough to last the 100-meter race. Mm -hmm. what, I, what I understand, um, and if you're not that educated, a natural knee-jerk reaction could be to say something like, okay, well, you don't last a 100 meters butterfly. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try and train you for the 200-meter butterfly so that the 100 is easier yeah right and it kind of makes sense if you just leave it at that mm. but when you start to dive into energy systems and your anaerobic sort of capacity mm. that's when things were going a bit sideways mm. because i wasn't practicing my event yeah because in the 200 meter butterfly you don't swim as fast as you swim in the 100 meter butterfly mm. so i wasn't mm. training that energy system to be as quick as it needed to be or last as long yeah. as it needed to be at a high enough intensity mm. um, so that's where i really started to educate myself and take responsibility for those things. Right. And it was almost a, a, a golden opportunity for me to remove myself out of Australian swimming, mm -hmm. out of the coaches and the people that I had around me that were doing the best job that they could. So I'd never mm -hmm. have a problem with them, but I just attacked it from a different angle. Yeah. So I actually reduced my workload by easily half. Mm -hmm. 
Um, when, when, and then I was living in Malta, training myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has obviously uh, translated into me taking my job as a coach very seriously mm. into the, the advice that I give and knowing which way it's going to send my athletes. Yeah. So um, I keep things relatively simple. You know, I'm a, I'm a guy that keeps things really simple. I'm not known, I guess, yeah, if you, if you watch my Instagram and stuff, I'm, I'm kind of known for doing... It's hard to say because in one yeah. way it's a different style of things, but yeah. in, in other ways I keep it pretty textbook and pretty simple. Mm, mm. Um, but these days my coaching is heavily uh, focused on uh, fighters. I've come mm. over to Combat Training Center. Yeah. Um, you come down there yourself, Absolutely. you start a little bit of jiu-jitsu, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. good to see. Good fun. Um, and they're the kind of fighters, they're the kind of athletes that I really enjoy working with these yeah. days. But the principles that I apply to these fighters can be applied to general fitness and other sports as well. Yeah, incredible, incredible. Let's talk about the day, the day of the Olympics. Mm. How did you feel? What sort of emotions were rushing through you? And then when it was all over, like that night, how did you feel then? Yeah, um, interesting story because Mm. the Olympics wasn't necessarily about a day. If I was to say a day, it would have been the opening ceremony. That's the day where we were out, we all lined up as teams and we had our uniforms on and we got to march out into a stadium of 80,000 people in Beijing, China. Um, Those fireworks, everything going off, like that was pretty amazing. Mm. Um, Not all athletes get to experience that, um, particularly swimmers, because swimming is the first event or one of the first events. Which is cool because as a swimmer, we get to get in there, get our job done, and then basically relax for the rest of the Olympics, yeah. go attend and watch watch some sports and things like that. Yes. So the opening ceremony to me, that was really when I was like, Oh yeah, I'm I'm I made it. Mm. You know, I'm here, I'm at the Olympics. So that that yeah. was the journey for me. It was very unique. Um, hell of a lot of hard work to get there. So almost walking out at that Olympic ceremony was almost like a relief to be like, yeah, I'm really here. Like I've made it. Mm. Um, The race day itself, to be honest, I don't remember a lot of. Yeah. Um, I remember trying on my suit because we could wear the full length swimming suits and stuff back then. Um, You know, getting to the pool, warming up after that. The The only thing I do remember was it was the first time I'd taken no-dose, the caffeine yeah, supplement. Yeah. Um, so obviously in my my own research, I'd, I'd taken no-dose. Mm. And I'd never even really, I'd never even drunk coffee before. Oh, wow. And I'm not going to say <laughs> how many no-dose I took, um, but it was more than a person that hadn't taken one should have. <laughs> yeah, right. And after that, I don't remember much at all. I wow. do not remember my race. I kind of remember walking out to the blocks yeah, and that's about it. But um, wow. I, uh, the cool thing is I, I did a PV mm. and, you know, people are really quick to ask, oh, did you medal? Did you, you know, medal mm. final and all that? I didn't. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, my ego is fine. Yeah. Um, you know, Michael Phelps won the race. Mm. I am happy to admit I was never as good as Michael Phelps. Um, but I did just miss the semis. Mm. My, my goal was to make the semis. Yeah. Um, but I just missed that. But, my point is I swam faster than I'd ever had in my life. Yeah, nice. And that was a result of a whole year mm. of training myself, mm. um, doing things differently in the gym, doing things very differently in the pool. And it was a gamble. And to me, the gamble paid off. Mm. And it's something that no one can ever take off me yeah. that I wear as a badge of pride. Yeah. And I can't wait to really try. And, I try now. I try and tell my daughter how cool I am. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> she doesn't believe me yet. But one day, you know, I look forward to yeah. being proud and telling my daughter, you know, my stories. Oh, I love it. And I'm sure she will be. That's incredible, mm-hmm. man. And a huge achievement. So 
No dose. Do you reckon it worked or not? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Caffeine's one of the most yeah, extra fuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we yeah. know it works. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there yeah. you go. <laughs> Look, man, with your practices building up to this and as an athlete, you know, we talk about mindset a lot and things of that nature. Are you someone back then and now that uses goal setting and visualization to help give you the edge? And did you use visualization for the Olympics? I did. Mm. Um, I don't know if I've spoken at length about this, but I, I went pretty heavy down the the secret yeah, um, yeah, yeah. pathway. Love it. Um, I didn't have anyone, you know, this was 2008. Social media was, you know, there, but not, you know, everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't, you know, people like yourself, like I would have gravitated towards people like yourself, like very motivational and, mm-hmm. and you've got a lot of tools to direct people. Yeah. Um, I just stumbled across the secret um i believe i watched like the movie i think yeah um and then i figured okay well there's no real downside to to being positive Mm. no real Mm. downside to visualization and 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 seeing these things um and i guess willing it yeah i i what i don't like is when people are a little not cocky but just just make statements so it happens all the time in the fight game Mm. So in the fight game, you know, it's notorious for having fighters say, I'm going to knock him out in one round. And, you know, mm. the, the Conor McGregor style, you yeah. know, like, I mean, I think I believe he's a different kettle. I mean, mm. he backed up almost everything he said, mm. like, scarily. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, local fighters, when I see local fighters on the scene, mm. almost just talking a little bit too confidently. Mm. I'm the kind of guy, and, and when I talk to my guys about mm. mindset, mm is I'm the kind of guy that says I train and I work so hard and Mm. I believe in the training that I've done so much that all I have to do is my best effort Mm. and my best effort will be enough to win or, you know, win the fight, win the swimming race, whatever. Mm. So mindset wise, I believe I create my confidence Mm. in, in the training. Yeah. And then I know that all I have to do is just try my best. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And look, and I agree. I think there's, there's no downside to trying to manifest or, or being more optimistic and just having that visual component to your training or to life in general. I mean, anything to give you the edge yeah. that isn't going to detract or harm you, why yeah. the hell wouldn't you give it a go and, yeah. and try it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, as long mm. as it doesn't take away from my, right. my effort. As long as I don't think like, you know, subconsciously, consciously, mentally somewhere that by willing something, it's just mm. going to happen yeah, for me. Yeah, exactly. I, to, yeah, that's what I'm a little bit... Da- careful of yeah. in terms of those positive mindsets and um yeah. and i guess the, the secret mind what is it like yeah. um what's the word i'm looking for not like a manifestation manifestation yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so i'm not real big on manifesting a mm. ferrari mm-hmm. um i'm big on wanting a ferrari mm-hmm. and manifesting the will to yeah, do yeah, the yeah, work yeah. that it takes to get it yeah i love it nothing's going to beat hard work and you're right. Action is everything. It's it's all well and good. You gotta you gotta visualize, manifest, goal set, all of the traits. Yeah. But you're not backing that up with the grind every single day. Well, it doesn't work, does it? Mm. No, everyone's got to remember that. And these days we're lucky, you know. Like I love social media. I'm, I'm you know, I I love and hate it, but you know, I only love it for for the good parts. And mm. we can ignore the bad parts, and we can find the good parts. And these days you can be so educated mm. just by following the right people. I don't even have to read the right books anymore. I can mm. follow people like yourself and then you can tell me what books to read and things like that. So part of my, um, you know, my, my daily 
uh, motivation is just mm. knowing that I have guys like you on my phone right there ready to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Let's talk a little bit about the dark side that we spoke about before. Yeah, and, I, and I've talked there. a little bit about this in different conversations and it seems to be coming up a lot more these days. You know, people like Michael Jordan, Harness his yeah. dark side, Kobe. You just described it in sort of in what you do. And I see it in athletes. I see it in really savage entrepreneurs in a good way. Mm. I see it in, in people that are just driven and determined. And, I, and when I say the dark side, I think there's, you know, light and dark to all of us. And I think mm. the dark side is the aggression that we hold maybe you feel emotions of, of hate or anger and things of that and rather than not utilizing them and suppressing them driving them towards that energetic momentum pushing that towards your goals yeah. right do you see that a lot obviously in the fight game I, I, I dare say you see a lot of that driving that forward do you feel like that was a, a an important component for you to control and then tell me about what you see in athletes that you train at the highest level well it's an interesting topic mm. because I think it's something that's been pushed away. Yeah. You know, because um, I remember, I, I haven't really had this conversation, but yeah, mm. I remember growing up mm. and I remember those two kids mm. that were better than me mm. and I didn't like them mm. and they were cocky little, mm. you know, <laughs> and I was, I was dark back then, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, you know, just wait. Yeah. Just wait, you yeah. know, and I'll, I just, I, and every time I would train, yeah. I do dumb shit. Like I'll, I'll be like, I'll wait until he'd finished mm. and then I'll do one more lap. Yeah, nice. You know, yeah, like that. that's my dark place. Mm. And I remember growing up, you know, in my teens and that, mm. and that's when all the, the whole positive mindset, you know, mm. everything's positive. And it was almost, yeah, really shunned to, I think there could be potential. I'm not a mindset guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm a strength coach. Mm. I, I like training myself and I can only speak on my own behalf, but mm. I've never performed better when I had someone to show, to show up. Absolutely. You know, like yeah. I'll give you, a, I'll give you a, a, one story that comes to mind. Mm. I, so the two kids that used to always beat me, mm. I ended up beating and I'm talking young. Like I'm talking, I was probably about nine or 10 when that happened, when yes. I bumped up to number one yeah. and I had this long reign of being, you know, on the local scene. I was mm. the kid to beat, you know, so I was always, I was winning everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it came to about the age of about 15 mm. and this kid that was just a notorious joker. He was just, you know, he, his dad would obviously put him in the pool and, and he was just there to, to swim. Yeah. And he would piss me off because yeah. I was a very serious trainer, yeah, even back yeah, then, yeah. even as a 12 year old, you know, kid. Yeah. And he would mm. piss me off because he would always cut laps and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But he, then he had a growth spurt and um, he got real tall. And all of a sudden he was really good at swimming, like yeah. breaking national records and, and really good. Wow. And it kind of happened that I, I was the butterflyer and the backstroker and he was like the freestyle and the breaststroker. Mm. And so I would have my two events, he would have his two, and then we'd meet, you know, like, so it would be very close on everything else. The only thing that wasn't really close was he was heaps better than me at breaststroke. I was much better than him at butterfly. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, we got to the club championships, which is just the, the Tweedhead Swimming Pool Club Championship. Yeah. With, if anyone's watching, like, back in the day, it used to be a pretty big deal. Yeah. Uh, Friday Night Swimming Club. And I 
had a goal of being club champion. I was club champion every single year. Mm. And then this year and the whole swimming club. And I, I believe I like, you know, you call me modest these days, but I know I was a cocky little shit back in the day. And that's probably why I'm so careful of it these days. Mm. So the whole swimming club, it it was kind of sad actually, but the whole swimming club divided into two groups. You Mm. either supported this kid or you supported me. (laughs) It was a, it was a big deal. man. Well, to me, at least it was. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, we we were tied on points, yep. and the last event, or the last event, was was the two hundred meter IM ind- individual medley, mm. which involves all the the butterfly backstroke, breaststroke, freestyle. Yeah, I not only had to win that event, but I had to break the record um, to get the points to win this club championships. Yeah, yeah, and. It was one of the hardest races of my life because it involved all the different strokes. I wasn't an IM swimmer, so yeah. I, sh- I had no business even being in the race, let alone breaking the record. Yeah, yeah. Somehow I pulled, pulled a finger out and I did it. And like, I remember that to this day. And I was like 15 years old. My dad was right mm. there at the end of the pool, like, you know, pulling me out of the pool, you know, giving me a hug and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and I wouldn't have done that if I didn't have my dark place, that dark motivation, 100%. because he's a little shit. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I wanted you know I wanted to feed him and I wanted to beat him and yeah. um, and I perform better when things are like that. Hundred percent. So yeah. yeah, I would encourage people to start maybe start exploring that dark mm. side and and letting it out a little bit, especially in the gym where it's a nice controlled environment yeah. and you can just really let loose at the weights. Yeah, well, look, I, I agree. I think it's like you're either going to suppress it or you can express it. Mm. But obviously, if you express it, it's got to be controlled and resourceful. And what better way to do it but in competition? Yeah, and training. It's such a good outlet for people yeah and it probably uh save a lot of people a lot of grief if they actually did you know do things like that i i've dealt with a bit in the gym man mm. and and i learn a lot about people in the gym i learn yeah. who they are i learn mm. their resilience i learn how hard they are but um as you know like i went through a relatively hard time like a pretty shitty divorce and mm. then separation from my child's mother and that and the, the gym was where i could let a lot of it out like yeah. i remember really like harnessing that and yeah pulling out some big sets in the gym absolutely so yeah if i can give anyone advice it's i don't think you have to suppress that that Mm. dark side you can sort of use it to your advantage at times definitely channel it channel it channel it Mm. i love that let's talk about after the olympics Mm -hmm. what a journey you've had up until that point incredible now i've coached a, a bunch of different athletes especially after their careers and what i've seen for a lot of them is they have a bit of a a bit of a crisis almost after they finish because yeah. their identity is so attached to the sport, so attached to being that person. Yeah. Let's talk about you exiting being a pro uh, swimmer, professional swimmer, into the real world, let's call yeah. it. And did you have a bit of an identity Absolutely. crisis or shift? And Absolutely. Tell us about how you manage that. And let me make something straight. Mm. I wasn't world famous. Mm. You know, like I was, but in my world, I was identified Absolutely. and I was proud yeah. of being, oh, that Ryan, the, uh, Ryan, that swimmer guy, you know, and I was yeah. proud of having that identity. Yeah. So as soon as swimming was gone, who the fuck was I? Yeah. Ryan, I, I'm not... You know, and this is probably something I need to work on in myself because I'm not satisfied with being yeah, Ryan. Yeah. You know, um, and like I said, I'm I'm not. You know, mm. I'm not um, uh, a motivational speaker or anything like that. Yeah. I just I know what I've been through. the The reason I bring up the fact that I wasn't that world famous mm. is because um, a couple of my my good friends were like one of my best mates, Ash Ash Callis, who was an extremely triple Olympian world record yep. holder. Um, 
he was world famous and he had a much stronger identity mm. with being a swimmer. And I watched him and I, I saw what he went through. So yeah. I think he went through a harder time than I did just because he was that extra level. Yeah. Um, and I, and you know, I'm sure all those boys, those, those Sydney Olympic guys, mm. um, you know, they were just put on such a pedestal. Yes. And then when that was over, gone. Yeah. Um, and that is what happened to me to, mm. to a lower degree or a lesser degree. And I'll be honest with you, that's why I threw myself in the gym because mm. I needed a new identity. Yeah. So I wasn't Ryan the swimmer anymore. And then what I realized, the cool thing about the gym and mm. as call it what you want, I'm just being honest. Um, I thought, oh, cool. When I walk around, people don't know I'm a good swimmer. Mm. Like only the people that know me know yeah. that I'm a good swimmer. And yeah. I wore that as a badge of pride. I thought, well, with the gym, mm. people will know that I go to the gym. So my first ever goal when I started lifting weights was I wanted to look like mm. I went to the gym. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so sure that so many guys can relate to that. Yeah. Because it's a shitty feeling when you are going to the gym. And, mm. and so any of you guys out there know, I'm sure you went through it. Yeah. I went through it as well. I went through a phase where I did not look like I went to, to the gym. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it used to kill me. I hated it. Um, so that was my first goal. Mm. Um, and I guess I just threw the discipline that I had from my swimming career just straight into the gym. I didn't know any different. Mm. Um, you know, got big, got strong and got educated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because, yeah, straight after my swimming career, I had two options. I had the option to go and live in Spain, in Barcelona. Yeah, wow. Um, and train. I had a four-year contract with the, with the Barcelona Swimming Club. Mm. Um, I could train for four years there for London 2012. Mm. Um, or I could do go and do my PT yeah, Cert Three and Cert yeah, Four. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, I chose the Cert Three and Cert Four. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, um, because I kind of felt like it was time to. Ex I got excited about mm. work life. You know, yeah. I did. I did the calculation. I knew that if I went to 2012, mm. I was going to be about 27 years old with almost nothing to my name because yeah. you don't make anything as a swimmer mm. unless mm. you're, you know, Michael Phelps or Ian Thorpe. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side. I could begin my studies mm. and uh, begin training and get good and start my new life as a strength coach. Yeah. And I'm pretty happy I did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very good move on, on your part. I mean, now you are renowned as an amazing strength coach. You've trained some incredible people. Lots of athletes just gravitate towards you and you, mm. you command respect in the gym, which is incredible. Tell us a little bit about some of the athletes that you currently train and, and specialize in. So... Uh, I was working up at KDV Sport, which mm. is an incredible facility on the Gold Coast. Yeah. If no one's been there, go check it out. It's the um, it's the largest private investment in sport in Australia wow. in history. So um, they've dropped well over thirty million up there. It's a mm. tennis facility, a golf facility, and then I was in charge of running the gym. Yeah, yeah. So I had a really good relationship with the people there, working with golf athletes and tennis athletes. Mm. But I've always, always, always gravitated towards fighters. Yeah. So um, I don't know what it is. Maybe because I have more of an interest in the sport myself. I mm. like competing in the sport myself. So. Um, and, and I guess my, my personality and my training style resonates more with that kind of category of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now, yeah, I, I've been very, very lucky to been offered a job at combat training center, mm -hmm. head of strength and conditioning there. And then as part of the role there, um, we've gone more so and you know, times are tough, uh, with COVID around, we've gone more so down the path of online coaching, mm. which is something I've always been interested in. Um, but I'm so busy practically with my clients. Yes. Like I'm, I'm very, mm. I, 
I know what I'm good at. I'm very good with hands-on stuff. I'm good with technical mm. lifting um, and correcting people that way. But now with technology, I can do all that with things like video analysis. Yes. You've seen my video analysis and stuff that I do. The application that I'm using with my online guys mm. is ridiculous. Like mm. my online guys, uh, pro- you know, get just as much, if not more from yeah. me than my face-to-face guys. Yeah. And now I've created this structure because I was getting so much with the online stuff, mm. I've created RG5 on a uh, hybrid coaching now. So yeah. I've got my online option if you can't ever make it to the gym, wherever you are. Um, and then I've got my hybrid option now, mm. which is basically you're an online client. Yeah but I still see you once a week yeah, and you get I a discounted that. PT session. Mm. You still have your app and you follow the structure on your mm. app. So mm. you would basically still come into the gym and feel like you're, you're undertaking your own program, yeah. but I'm going to be there as well. So mm. I can oversee, you can ask me questions and I can correct your technical form as we go. Mm. Um, and that's all of kind of being, um, you know, as things, as you launch things, you kind of fill them out. If it's going to yeah. work, it's working so, so well. Amazing. I'm yeah, really happy with it. So, uh, working with the guys um, uh, from Combat Training yeah, Center. Yeah. And yeah, we're launching this app really soon. New website launching Love soon. It, so it's, it's all exciting. happening. Yeah. yeah. And so do you have many uh, like pro athletes or athletes on that app? Current, like your fighters, et cetera? Currently we have, well. On the hybrid model? Uh, no, because it's only new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, it's totally. only new. So I'm still testing the waters with general guys. Um, athletes wise from the gym, it's, it's hard because they got hardly be anyone's there. fighting now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah. So, like, the, the I see we've got a group and, mm. um, like, so our biggest local show was Eternal MMA. Yeah. Um, but that keeps getting planned to, to go on. It's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy year. It's been pretty hard. Yeah. So, I'm using this time to do kind of the background work. Yeah. And then Smart. say, okay, guys, this is how we're, we're moving forward. So, because it was a pretty big transition for me from KDV mm. coming down to combat. Yeah. But I'm happy to say, you know, I've been able to maintain all the bridges, no bridges burnt, yeah, you know, everyone course. wishing each other well. And yeah. that's the thing here on the Gold Coast. You, you want to maintain integrity and, and try and Absolutely. do things the right way. Yeah, so true. Now, with some of these fighters that you, uh, that you coach currently, what are some of the, I guess, the mentality or mindset uh, elements you see in these the best fighters or the best athletes in general that you train? Is there something that you're just like, yep, these guys just all seem to have that thing? Um, No, I'm going to say no. Mm. Like everyone's their own sort of athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm not going to say there's there's one common element. I mean, obviously Mm. the common element is they're all willing to invest in getting better. Yeah. Um, uh, that to It'll answer work. your question, that that's going to be my answer. Mm. But yeah, no, no common like personality traits. Mm. Like you'd be very, very surprised with the mix of personalities yeah. that you get when it comes to fighters and pro mm. fighters. You get like some the nicest guys I know are fighters. Like mm. fighting, it's almost like it needs a different term, you know, because fighting to me is bickering. Fighting to me is back chat, like blah, 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 you know, Mm. where um, fighting is competing. It's a sport where you have two intelligent people that are very good at at attacking someone and protecting themselves. Mm. So it's, you know, that's almost where the general public goes wrong with, you know, putting an opinion on the UFC and Mm. fighting in general, Mm. because it's not fighting. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We, we see fighting all the time. Trained athletes mm. aren't fighting, they're competing. Yeah, 100%. No, I mm. agree with that. And I think it does get that bad stigma, but you're right. These guys are freaking intelligent and it's yeah. strategic yeah. and unconsuming a lot of the time. A lot of these you know, incredible fighters, I mean, 
Jace Man over here, yeah. national national mm. champion. He's really blushing over there in the corner. But like again, some of the some people you see, you like you wouldn't set that will yeah. that will absolutely and destroy. I mean, you. even if you talk back in the days when cages were banned in Victoria, yeah, 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 exactly. Because there was a cage. It's like, yeah. dude, you just took away the safest aspect of the sport. Yeah, 100%. Guys go flying out of rings. Yeah. That's how uneducated you are and you're making decisions. Yeah, so true. You know, like mm. it's it's not the brutal sport that people say it is. Yep. Yes. People get punched in the nose and their nose bleeds, mm. you know, stuff. Yep, okay, I get how that comes across as brutal. Yep. But when you're competing in something, it's it's just not that bad. Yeah, so true. All right. Look, we've talked a lot about your achievements. You're a legend, everyone knows that now. So let's yeah. go, let's go yeah. a little bit deeper, huh? Okay. Let's let's play a bit of a game. I'll call this rapid fire. I'm gonna ask you some questions. You give me a quick answer. Right. You've got to have your wits about you. And then I'm gonna say a few words, and then you just tell me what comes to mind after that. Are you ready? Uh do I have a choice? Get competitive. Right. Happen to the dark side. Let's All go. Right. Introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Are you more nurturing or hard-nosed? Hard-nosed. Optimist or pessimist? Pessimist. Are you a soldier, a captain, or a visionary? Soldier. Say what comes to mind. I am? Hungry. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Someone ordered this man a burger. I hate. Hate. I love. Love. Hey. Sacrifice. Can do. Pain. Easy. Problems. In your head. The future is? Smooth. Yeah, I like that. And it freaking will be mm. if you make it so. Let's talk about the future. Yeah. You've spoken a little bit about, obviously, your coaching. You're coming out with all these new uh, training apps and things of that nature, which are going to absolutely blow people's socks off. Where are you headed in your career right now? Um, one of your questions just... Uh, kind of told you a little bit about myself. I, I'm a soldier. Like mm -hmm. I, I think I'm a soldier. You point me in the direct. I let. I, I have no hesitation in saying that I'm very good at what I do. Mm. Um, it's it's the it's the the roundabout stuff that I struggle with. Mm. Maybe the business stuff, and um, that's why I love being close to someone like yourself. Mm. That um, uh, we've had conversations where I said I just I just can't convert you know mm. like I have these great business ideas mm. the only reason my hybrid stuff and my online stuff is getting off the ground is because I've got to give a big shout out to Hype Group here mm. here in Varsity Lakes in mm. Burley um, they're really helping me and just pointing me in the in the right direction mm. and I've always felt like I need that and I'm okay admitting that some people would struggle being like oh I'm not the captain you know whatever I am a soldier and but I'm a damn good one absolutely and you put me in front of someone or an audience or, mm. or a camera mm. and I can I can deliver my product. And the only reason I have confidence in that is because I know I know my product. Yeah. You know, um, a, a really good friend of mine is in a different industry and he had to do a podcast mm. and he's like, mate, how do you do this podcast? And I said, mate, you'll be fine mm. because you know your product. Mm. Just deliver your product. Yeah. So the future for me is acknowledging mm. that I'm a soldier, mm. acknowledging that I'm good at what I do, but mm. also acknowledging that I need help in the areas that need help mm. and then finding the right people for that. So mm. for me, that was hype group here and someone like yourself. Mm. So, um, Absolutely. It's exciting, uh, man. You've got a lot of cool things on the, on the cards. Well, speaking of exciting, you know, for me, it was exciting for me to get a message from you and mm. say, hey, bro, do you want to team up and do this project? Mm, absolutely. So... People listening, we are going to be coming out with this epic project and we're going to start off with some two-day intensives, some pretty full-on intensive workshops. And, uh, you know, we had a discussion about the concept and what we wanted to deliver. And it's all about just improving people, mm. mind, body and soul. And so we're going to be combining 
the training aspect that you deliver at an intense level, yeah. people are absolutely going to be blown away. Minimum four sessions across the intensive. And then we're going to be delving deep into people's psychology, breaking down fears, limiting beliefs, creating visions, rituals, and helping them periodize programming and a whole bunch of cool stuff. So, man, I'm so excited. It's going to be awesome. I know people are going to be blown away by what we can deliver. Yeah, I think mm. the dynamic's going to work well. We just need a platform where we can be ourselves. And um, I think it's definitely going to come across as good cop, bad cop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to be in charge of making people get through that painful part and then yeah. you're going to be in charge of building them back up. Absolutely. Um, but team. it's not, I, I know that it's not something that either of us are taking lightly. It's mm. something that we want to attach our names to and deliver to the public. And I, I think, you know, there's so much of these events and, and stuff going on mm. that I don't know how many people can truly live and live and breathe it like we do. You know, yeah. you know, I'm a product of my own, of, mm. of everything that I do. I know you're a product of everything you do. Mm. And I think we're going to mesh. And I think it's going to be a weekend for people or, you know, a couple of days for people that they can take away and that they'll have for the rest of their life and, and have a bit of motivation from hundred percent. Yeah. One thing we can guarantee is anyone that's going to come into these intensive, they're not going to leave the same person, yeah. which is going to be really, really cool to watch. Yeah. I love that. One more question for you, my friend. I've had an amazing chat with you and I, I love to ask this question to finish off. If we could put you in a time machine, take you back to meet little Ryan and give him some advice, give him some tips to grow, thrive and conquer throughout your career in life, what would you want to know back then? What would you love for you to tell yourself? Whoa. Uh, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I'd tell myself anything. Yeah. I'd, I'd just say suck it up and just be strong and just keep going because um, I have always landed on my feet. Maybe mm. I'll say that. Mm. Maybe I'll say, mate, just work hard mm. and you will always land on your feet. Trust. I, I don't know why, but no matter how bad things get, I always land on my feet, highly likely due to the people that I surround myself with mm. um, or just the people that w we gravitate towards. Mm. Um, but yeah, that work ethic has to stay in there and just know that everything's always going to be okay. Yeah. I love that. Trust the process, but no doubt you land on your feet because you're of sound character and you show the fuck up every single day. And that's thank what you. it's all about, isn't it? Thank you. My man, thank you so much for Thanks joining for me. Life. The future's bright and we are pumped to bring some special things, uh, in the coming weeks and months. Nice. Thanks again, my man. Thank you, mate.